I'd like to read Romans chapter, chapter 12, just the verses 1 to 2, please. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Some versions say intelligent or intelligible worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Someone say to yourself, I'm ready to renew my mind for transformation. I am ready to renew my mind for transformation. Hallelujah. Ready to renew my mind for transformation. I'm not sure but whether any of you has ever watched House. It was a documentary series called House. Anyone ever watched it? House. Right. You know the guy in front? If you watch this series... There is something I, I want to point out. It's not something I'm encouraging you to, you to go and watch. If it was the woodcarver, I'll tell you when you go home, watch it. Because the woodcarver is great. I think you can get it on Amazon video or something. The, wood, the woodcarver, brilliant film. Watch it. Especially if, you, if you've got young ones, watch it. It's brilliant. Gregory House is the main character in this series. And you know the gentleman there in the some kind of purple tie or something, coat? Eric Foreman. Eric Foreman worked with House for a long time. They liked, he liked House, but it got to a point, he got so mad with House. House is unconventional. A doctor who is unconventional uses any means to get his result. As long as he gets his patients healed of the sickbed and gone and go home, he's fine. House did not care about your your protocols and your procedures, that your, your bureaucracy. House didn't want to have anything to do with that. All that house wants to see is that patients are healed, they go home. That's it. How he gets his result, he doesn't care about all those things. 
Having worked with House for a long time, Eric, Eric came to the point where Eric, something happened. Eric came to the point where he didn't want to have anything to, to, to do with House anymore. He didn't like House's methods. House was, he didn't like, basically, basically there was a, a, a problem and Eric walked away to another hospital. With the reputation of House, they didn't want to really take him, but also looking, considering the fact that House, gets, House was good, they knew that Eric has been trained well, so they took Eric on. But what they want, but what they didn't want was that Eric shouldn't bring any of the things that House did. And Eric told them that's the reason why he's left. Because he didn't like House's methods. And that's why he left House. After working for some time in this hospital. Eric was now faced with a challenging situation, a very difficult problem. Something that the hospital, with all the uh, things that they want to do, cannot help this woman. Guess what Eric did? Eric went back to unconventional methods and got this woman healed of the sickbed. And guess what? He got a problem. Because he's used some of House's methods. What happened? Eric doesn't like House because of House's methods, but here he is using House's unconventional method, which he stood against so much. Why is Eric behaving this way? Let me bring it home. Have you ever lived with someone you didn't like so much because of their ways? You moved away, went to a different place, and then you found yourself doing exactly what you criticized that person for. Ever been there before? You didn't like your dad because of the way he went about doing stuff. But as you are growing up, you realize you are doing exactly the same thing as your dad did. You didn't like your mom the way your mom handled things, but you growing up, you were doing exactly what your mom used to do. Your teacher was horrible, you say. Unfortunately, you trained to be a teacher, and you are using exactly the same approach your teacher used when you were in school, and you didn't like it, and you're doing the same thing, and you are now even justifying it that that's the best method. Also, for some of you, you realize you're doing the same thing. You don't like it, but you can't help it. Ever been there before? I don't like, how come I'm doing this? Something I've stood against. Okay, maybe not you. What about, have you made a resolution? Maybe 31st December, made a new resolution. Uh, sorry, 1st January of the year, made a new re resolution. Five of them, they're all there. One, if not even five days, and you've broken all of them. You've gone back to the old ways. Anyone like that? Anyone? Anyone been there? Can I see by? If you are driving, don't lift your hands up. Just listen. But if you are home, you can do it. You can lift up your hands if you are. The things you say you don't like, you find yourself doing those same things. God have mercy. You see... Before I go into all this, 
I want to say, before I actually deal with this particular issue, I want to bring your attention to the book of Romans and say this. That we are here on this earth to fulfill purpose. Amen. Let's share with a prayer before I go on. Father, thank you for the entrance of your word gives light. Amen. Right. We are here on this earth to fulfill God's purpose. And in as much as God is able to use any individual he wants to fulfill his purposes, God prefers likeness to, prefer to, to fulfill his purposes. I will explain. God prefers likeness. You know in Genesis 1.26, it says that, and God said, let's make man in our own image, that is representatives, and likeness. Someone with our characteristics, right? To fulfill what we would have done if we were to be on earth. It appears that in, you know, throughout scripture, although God can use anyone, he prefers likeness to fulfill his purposes on earth. So God, after all that happened in the Garden of Eden, God is still pursuing likeness to fulfill his purposes. This brings us to the book of Romans. And I quickly want to give you an overview of the book of Romans before I look at the, chapter, the verse 2 of chapter 12. Because understanding the book of Romans will help us to appreciate what is being said in Romans 12 verse 2. In chapter 1, the apostle begins by this, by telling, it makes us to understand. It begins by telling us that it is only through faith Hallelujah. Okay. In chapter 1, chapter 1 begins by the Apostle Paul telling us that he's been called to preach the gospel of God. And he's proud about it and he, and he likes the idea. The reason he likes the idea is the fact that it is only through the gospel that we are able to receive salvation from, from God. Hallelujah. Why salvation? It's only through the gospel that we are saved. Only through the gospel that we are able to stand before God. Why? Because all humanity have wronged God, have done wrong, have become corrupted and not able to please God. So God's wrath is upon each individual. But through the gospel, we escape that. Praise God. So God's wrath is against all men. And chapter 2 of the book tells us that no one actually is exempt from God's judgment for this sin. So there's salvation. There's a gospel. It brings salvation. Paul is happy about it. Why? Because there is judgment of God coming. And no one escapes it in chapter 2. Chapter 3 and 4 tells us that there's no amount of work no form of work that you can ever do. You can ever do to stand right before God. To stand right before God, it has to be purely by faith. 
Now, he talks about righteousness. Righteousness is being able to stand before God. Is he, is he having the right to approach God? And then God also justifies us, which means that when you stand before God, there is no fault in you. <laughs> you know, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can, you can unashamedly just come and say, I have come anyway, but then you feel guilty. No. When, you, when God justifies you and you stand before him, there is no sense of guilt. You have the right righteousness and then justification. There's no fault with you. You're fine. So God justifies us and makes us righteous. Gives us the ability to stand before him without any sense of fear. Chapter 5 makes us to understand that when this, this righteousness and justification that God gives us enables us to enjoy peaceful relationship with God. Praise the Lord. Now in this chapter 6 says that in this peaceful relationship with God we can no longer continue in sin. My apologies, they are very, very tiny. It should have been made bigger. My apologies for that. In this relationship with God, peaceful, peaceful relationship with God, we can no longer continue in sin because sin has consequences. In chapter 7, he says, actually, the reason why we can't continue in sin and it has consequences is because of the fact that Sin only prevails where there is a law. But in Christ, there's no law. The law is over. There's no... And so chapter 8 will say, since we are in Christ and there's no law accusing us, there's therefore now no condemnation. And this is a very popular chapter in Romans chapter, in the book of Romans. No condemnation. Then in chapters 9 to 11... We are given warning that no one, in view of this, no one should now try to serve God through the law. We should only come to God through Christ Jesus, which is by grace. By grace are you saved through what? Faith. Hello? By grace are we saved through faith. It, it is grace. It is not works at all. You don't do any work. To come into the, into the salvation of God. Hallelujah. Because some people are trying to still, you know, make their way to God by doing certain, certain things. If they do bad things for, from Monday to Wednesday, they try and do good from Thursday to Friday so that they can, you know, match up. No, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. You don't go there. You know, you, you just accept by faith. It's by grace. You don't do anything to, to, to earn it. And that is from the chapters 1 to 11. This is what the apostle tells us. That this is what God has done for us. Because now we are in him. Enjoying relationship with him. But then from chapters 12 to the 
15th chapter, he gives us application. Basically, chapters 1 to 11 in the book of Romans is telling us what God has done for us. We have received salvation in Christ. We are new creation. We are born again. Now we are positioned in God. We are no longer part of the world. We are in him. And if we are in him, then God is saying, I need you now to do something for me. Now that you are in, in me, I expect to see likeness. This is where we are going. Look at the chapter 12. Okay, I'll come back to that in a minute. Let me just finish this. So in chapter, thir- so in chapter 13, he instructs us to behave properly in, in, in society. Right? In chapter 14, he warns us against passing judgment on other people. This is all about behavior, practice. Behave properly in, in society because of your position, because of what I've done in you. Right? Because of what I've done in you, now I want you to give me a life of likeness to chapter 12. I want you to be set apart for me. I want you to give me a life that is holy, set apart, unblameable. Hello? Give me likeness. And in this likeness, behave properly in, in society. Verse, chapter 14. Don't pass judgment on, on other people. 15. Support one another and do not live selfishly. So chapters 12 to verse 15, uh, chapter 15 is now telling us what God expects of us. Basically, duty. Because we know God, because we are in God, he now expects certain duties from us. And then in chapter 16, he crowns it with praises, recommendations and greetings. Praise the Lord. So that is the book of Romans. But we are looking at chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. Praise God today. And specifically verse 2. The book of Romans. So now back into Romans. Back into Romans. Where he says that I beseech you therefore brethren by the message of God that you present your bodies. Hello? Present your bodies. Present yourselves. A living sacrifice. Hello? A living sacrifice. Live, your life should be like a sacrifice unto who? Unto me. Right? And then he says, and he, he uses the word that most people don't want to hear in church. Holy. <laughs> Did you realize most people don't like the word ho- ho- Holy. Oh, holy, you are judging me. No, no, no. God himself says that. That's what he wants. Present our bodies holy. Okay, okay. Let me explain holy. Holy does not mean you don't step on ants. Because that's what some, some, some people think. They think holy means, you know, you put a clerical on like I've done here, and then you walk and then, how are you? My name is Samuel Sal. Very, very gentle, very, very quiet. Very, and, then you, and then you walk like that. If you ever walk like this, oh, you're not holy. You're not holy. No, no. That's not holy walk. You see, so we have attributed holiness to certain kind of talk. If someone is very bold and daring, ah, he can't be holy. If you are timid and afraid and 
Milk toast? You know? Milk, you know milk, you know milk toast? You put it on the floor and it just sits down like that. Milk toast. But if you are up and assertive and all that, no, 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 you can't be holy. No, no. Holiness has got nothing to do with that. Holiness is about simply practicing what God has told you to do. That's holiness. Practicing what God has asked you to do. Practicing it. That's holiness. Walking in the commands of God. And that's it. Praise God. So holy. Be holy. Amen. And then acceptable. Present yourself acceptable. Hey, 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 hey. Watch this. Present yourself acceptable. Let's go back to the, to the text. I am beseeching you that you present your bodies. Living sacrifice one, holy two, three, acceptable unto God. Wait a minute. All throughout from chapter one to chapter 11, haven't you been telling me that I'm already in God? Why are you now asking me to present myself acceptable to God? What's going on here? Do you get my drift? What is he saying here? So what he's saying is this. It is this. In chapters 1 to to chapter 11, he's making us aware of our position in God. This is where God has brought us. And in chapter 12, he's now telling us, now since you occupy this position, now live out this position. Do you get it now? Live out this position. Live out, live out your life in a manner that is acceptable. That is pleasing to God. Hello. So, don't end your Christianity just by what? God has said it, so that's it. God says, I am righteous, so that's it. Now, live out righteousness. Live it out. Or basically, now practice the right standing I have given you. I've given you right standing before me. Now you can stand before me upright, justified, without any condemnation. Now, live it out. Walk in it. Exercise it. Don't just let it be in your head. Practically, in your activities, let it be shown. Amen? So that's what he's saying here. So he's calling us to duty because of where we stand in him. With me so far? God is good, isn't he? And then he says, and then, and then he, says, he says, which is your intelligible worship? Or your reasonable. Basically, this is intelli- it is intelligible. It is reasonable. It is proper. So, what he's asking us to do is the prac, and then he goes on in the verse 2 and, and says, and be not conformed. So, all that I'm saying is this. Be not conformed to this world hallelujah but be what be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that you may test yeah that you may prove that you may be able to prove what is that good acceptable and perfect will of 
God. Hallelujah. Praise God, somebody. Do not be conformed to what? This world, but what should we do? Be transformed. Be transformed. Be, trans be, trans be transformed. So that you may be able to experience the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now you may be able to, you know, bring it out, execute it. Because without the renewing of your mind, this is not possible. The Apostle Paul is saying here, it is not possible. Praise be to God. So the task, the task that the scripture puts upon you and me today is the task of not conforming to this world, but being transformed. Conformed is like this. Conformed is, I want to make it very practical because I could, I could make it abstract, I want to make it pra practical. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, for everyone in this room, exclude no one in this room. If there is any message you've ever heard, it is this one. For your life, to change you, it is this one. So I want you to be awake. If you find yourself sleeping, stand up. Because I need you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I began very, very gently, but it's going to be very intense in a few minutes. So just, just be on the way. Just be awake. Now, you have, you come into a country or you go into a society. And in the society, you came in dressing in suit, tie, wearing shoes, okay, comb, head, co hair combed very nicely. And then you realize that all the guys in the area were just trainers with jeans cut here and there and with some tops. And their hair, they don't comb it, they, they, they just leave it anyhow. And they go all sorts. And when you come amongst them, you realize, you feel like, uh, I feel odd. So all of a sudden, you throw your suit away, put your ties down, put your shoes away, and then you too, you go and look for some old jeans, some old t-shirt, and then you also start dressing rough just like them. So now when you appear, you, know, you, you, look, you look like them. That is called conforming. You are conforming. That is, you are becoming like those you've come to see or you've come to meet. But God is saying, Do, um, don't be conformed to this world. Don't follow the path of the world. Praise God. Do not follow the path of the world. Rather, be transformed. Trans, trans means movement. Okay, trans, trans. That is, 
<laughs> Move your form. Move your form. Maybe you were amongst them. You were dressing like that. You were talking like that. You talk like them. You use swear words. You do all kinds of things. You talk in a very in a way that is not nice. You you behave in a way that's not nice. You behave like all this. But now that you are in me, transform and move your form. Let your form move from there to another place. Move it. That means change, become different. They say, why have you started? Why why have you all of a sudden started? Talking this nice way. We don't like it. No, I'm being transformed. Change your form. Okay? So another word for transform is change your form. Don't be like the world. Don't try to be like the world. Oh, I want to be like the world. No. God is saying don't be. You go to the workplace and all the people talk in a, in a, in a certain way. So you want to, to, to also talk like that. God is saying No. God is saying, no, don't be conformed in your school. All the girls, all the boys, boys talk in a particular way. So you want to also talk in a particular way. God is saying, no, don't. All the young boys sit at the back. So you two want to sit at the back. Upon saying that, can I have every young boy coming forward, please? All the boys sit at the back, so you also want to sit at the back. No, don't sit at the back. Go forward. Praise God. God is saying, don't conform. Do not conform to the way the world wants to go. Don't conform. Praise God. Praise God. Can I have all the boys come forward? Amen. I shouldn't have said it again, but I have to. Praise the Lord. Okay. Don't conform to this world, but be transformed. That means don't get, don't get caught in that old form that you find yourself in. And then he says, be transformed. But the transformation, how is a transformation to be done? How? Oh, sorry, how? Hello? How should a transformation be done? By renewing the mind. Renewing the mind. Now, what does the Bible mean by renew your mind? That is the question. If I told you, Hippocrates, Hippocrates, the bag, what are you, what are you, what are you going to do right, 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 right now? Hello? Hippocrates, Hippocrates, the bag. What would you do? Hello? You don't understand what Hippocrates means, do you? Exactly. So, oftentimes, when we don't understand what the Bible is instructing us to do, nothing happens. Because why? We don't understand it. So if I misunderstand, what do you mean by renew my mind? I don't understand what that means. 
Hello. You see, let me start by this. Let's go to the book of Genesis. I think I'm beginning now, so please bear with me. Uh, from this point on, open your ears, please. We're starting now. Genesis chapter 2 and the verse 7, please. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I read again. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So first, God formed man from the dust of the ground. Okay? The soil. God made man. Now God breathed from his nostrils. He breathed. After making the man lying there, God breathed. <laughs> A very big blast and man received something into him. And the Bible says man became a living soul. And the soul is made up of three parts. It's made up of your will, emotions, and mind. Praise the Lord. The soul is made up of what? how many things? Three things. Your will, your emotions, and your mind. To God be the glory. Without a soul being present, there will be no desire. Without your soul in your body, there will be no feelings. Without your soul in your body, there will be no thinking. Hello. So watch this. Something wonderful happened when God made man. God made man. Man is lying down. And then God did this. God breathed into man. The moment God breathed, God's breath came into man, something began to happen in the body of the man. All of a sudden, the body began to feel. All of a sudden, the body began to to, to desire. All, the, all of a sudden, the body developed thinking ability. Something that wasn't there initially began to happen. Man became a thinking being. Man became an alert. Man began to feel things. Man. And guess what? When a person dies and the soul leaves the body, the body is back to square one. You tap it, it doesn't feel anything. 
You put the nicest meal around, it doesn't smell it. You say something intelligible to it, it can't respond back to you. Do you understand what is going on here? God gave something to man. That thing made man become a living soul. Man was not able to stand and connect with the world. So the thing that God put in man is not material. It's not it's not it's, it's non-material. I'm talking about the mind right today, so I'll be concentrating on the mind. So the thing that God put the mind that God put into man into the body is non-material, meaning that you can't touch it. God gave man the brain. There's a great matter. Now, when, when you touch something, things run through your the veins, the connection, the nerve endings in the body, and it gets into the brain, and the brain activity, the brain gets into some activities, which causes a state of consciousness, which we call the mind. So the mind is not something physical that you can touch, but it is the activities in your brain that makes the whole thing come alive. So you can touch the brain, but you can't touch the mind. The mind is non-material. Hello. And the Bible is telling us that we should renew. If, if we want to be transformed. Now, let me start. Let me begin. by How many of us here want to be transformed? You want to be a transformed person. There is, there is a kind of person you want to become in Christ. How many of us here are like that? There's a kind of person you want to become in Christ. Bible is saying that is possible, but by doing what? But by renewing the mind. But my question is, my question to you this morning is this. What mind are we talking about? What, what mind? Well, Pastor, you just said the mind is your state of consciousness. So what do you mean by what mind? You see, there are two levels in the mind. So when the Bible says, renew your mind, we need, unless we understand the mind the Bible is referring to, we will be wasting our time in the wrong area and we will get no result. And that's the reason why many people have not gotten any results so far in the Christian world. Because there are two levels of mind, two, I mean, two major levels of mind. I just want to just focus on two, two major levels. There is what we call the conscious mind. And the subconscious mind. Hallelujah. Amen. The conscious mind, as the name implies, refers to all the thoughts, memories, feelings, wishes that we are aware of at, at any given point in time. It is a part of the mind we use for thinking and for talking. So when you are thinking, when you say, I'm thinking about something, you are using your conscious mind. When you are talking to somebody like I'm doing right now, I'm using my conscious mind. And you are listening. You're also using your conscious mind for this work, this, for this activity. Hello. But then there is also what we call the subconscious mind. Now, sub, the word sub, from what we understand, means something that is under or hidden. 
That means it is that mind, it, it, is that, it, is, it comes under the conscious mind. It is hidden. You don't see it. And what does it do? It is a place where every thought, feelings, observations, and experiences we have ever had are kept. So any experience you have ever had in life is kept in your subconscious mind. It's a place where certain joys, pains, experiences, ideas, songs, or rhymes. You know, some rhymes you thought you have forgotten. That's where they are all kept. Right now, there's a rhyme. If I say, it's not in your, it's not in your conscious mind right now. But the moment I start saying this rhyme, if you know it, it will come from your subconscious. Your, your conscious mind will make a connection with your subconscious mind and bring it out. This point I'm explaining is very important. So let's pay attention here. You know this, you know this rhyme? Goosey, goosey, gander. Where shall I wander? Upstairs and downstairs. In my lady's chamber. There I met an old man who could not say his prayers. I took him by the left leg and threw him down the stairs. Right? You know that rhyme, yeah? Goosey, goosey, ganda, right? See, so the moment it's sung, you, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, it, it, it comes into your, in, into your mind. So that is the subconscious mind. Now you see, when you need to remember something, that you've forgotten for a very long time, your subconscious mind, sorry, your conscious mind makes a connection with your subconscious mind and draws information from there. Hello. Your subconscious mind and your conscious mind, I will explain, if you know about computer, it's like the, it's, it's, it's like the memory in a computer and the hard drive. Hello. Okay. In computers, there's what we call memory. Memory is when you are doing your Word, you're doing your Excel, you're doing your PowerPoint, you're doing, or you're searching the internet, and then sometimes your computer will be running slow. Slow. Why? Because you've made, you've, you, have, you, have, you have opened too many programs, and your memory is very small. So the computer is not able to handle all those things in that small space. But you say, but I've got a very big hard drive. Well, no, no, you, you, you don't understand. In, at the instant, your computer does not go to your hard drive to do anything. The hard drive is simply for what? Storage. Not for active work. Hello? The hard drive is never for active work. It is just storage and retrieval. It is a memory which is similar to your conscious mind, which is for active work. So if your memory is small, like 4 gigabytes, and someone got 20 gigabytes at their memory, they will be smiling and doing, opening all kinds of programs, about 20 programs on their, on their computer, and the, and the machine is still working fast. What's going on? Because their memory is big. Okay. So the, your conscious mind is the active part. Active. When you're doing any activity, your conscious mind is the one that you are using. And when you want to remember something you've stored a long time ago, 
you go to, it makes a connection with you subconscious and pulls it from there and brings it into the memory and begin to work on it. Praise God. You with me so far? Yes. Just stay with me so far. Hallelujah. Amen. But there is something I need to say about the subconscious mind. You see, the subconscious mind is very, very important. Its role is very, very important. Why do I say this? Because it is your subconscious mind that makes sure, it makes sure, it makes dead sure that whatever you say or do fits, fits your belief about yourself. If you didn't hear me, I'll repeat it. Whilst your conscious mind just works with whatever you put there to think and to make decisions and, and, and all that, it is your subconscious mind that makes sure that whatever you say or do is in line with your belief about yourself. It makes sure that whatever you are saying and whatever you are doing is what you believe about is in line with what you believe about yourself. Or it makes sure that whatever you are saying and doing is in line, watch this, is in line with how someone has programmed you or you have programmed yourself. Is someone hearing me? This is not often talked about. This is not often preached about. And I believe that it's one of the reasons why we have been hampered in many, many ways. And we need to look at this and understand this. Because the Bible is talking about renewing of our minds. But what is he talking about? What is he referring to? Hello. The subconscious minds, it makes sure that whatever you do or say or action that you take agrees with how someone has programmed you or how you have even programmed yourself. It is hidden. Okay? You can't see it. It is hidden. But your conscious mind is not so much responsible for the actions and behaviors that you often make. The one responsible for most of the actions, decisions, things you say, and or, or things that you or actions that you perform is the subconscious mind. Have you ever done something and said, "Oh, oh, sorry, I didn't plan to," but you did? Ever been there before? Hello? Should I talk about something else? I can talk about something else. 
I can talk about Joshua 1.8. Hello? Have you ever done something and said, oh, oops, 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 oops? Ever been there before? before? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. Who was responsible is your subconscious mind. Now the question I'm, I'm going to throw at you, after explaining these two things, now I'm going to ask you, when God says, renew your mind for transformation, which of these levels of mind is God talking about? Subconscious mind, you are brilliant. You are absolutely spot on. Not your conscious mind. Because, but all along, many people have thought that when the Bible says renew your mind, God is referring to your conscious mind. And you've been trying and it's not working. You're actually even not seeing any result. And, it's look, and it looks like it's impossible. And actually it is impossible to renew your subconscious mind. Because let me, because what does, what does renewing of mind mean? What does the word renewing mean? Renew means to renovate. To renew means to reconstruct for something better. Hello? And what do we do in renovation or in reconstruction? We pull down what is there, don't we? And then we put something new there, don't, 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 don't we? So, 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 <laughs> so, by virtue of using the word renew our mind, it cannot be the conscious mind. God knows, God, God made that. He was the one that breathed the mind into us and cannot mean the conscious mind. Why? For this reason. If renewing means the same as reconstructing, which means doing away with the old and putting something better in, then it means that whatever you know about me, you pull it away. You, 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 you destroy them. So the next time you are talking to me, what will be your point of reference in, a, in, in addressing me? If you tell me, you know, oh, you know that, old, that old school, the school you went to, I'll tell you, When I'm telling you about the school I went to, what school did you go to? Oh, come on. Why are you joking? Or maybe your brother, you went to the same school and you have renewed your conscious mind. You know, and your brother says, the school we went to. You say, what school did you go to? Oh, the school that we all went to. Oh, come on. Stop kidding. No, I've renewed my mind because you've taken away the whole thing and you've placed a new one in. So your brother doesn't remember anything. Do you get a drift? So, it, it's not a conscious mind that the Bible is referring to, but, but the subconscious mind the Bible is referring to. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, the subconscious mind is responsible. Once, it's responsible for many things that happens in our bodies. Even your breathing. Your breathing. <laughs> the, growth, the growth in the cells in your body are all controlled by the subconscious mind. The conscious, your conscious mind is only active and alive when you are awake. Hello? 
As you are awake, what? Are you awake? There are some people, their eyes may be open, but they are not awake. They are still asleep. Have you seen people, they're waking up in the morning, they are brushing their teeth, they are dressing for school, but they, they take the milk and then go and put it in the, after they pour the milk in their cereal to eat for school, they go and put it in the oven, the, the milk in the oven. They say, what are you doing? Oh, oh, sorry, I wasn't thinking. Of course you're not thinking. Because you are not, using, you are not awake. And because you're not awake, your conscious mind is not awake. Am I making sense? Because you are not awake, your conscious mind is also not awake. So your conscious mind is only awake and active when you are awake. Am I communicating? Right. Let's continue. So the moment you go to bed, your conscious mind shuts off. It's work. It's over. What you used to think, what you used to reason and talk and all that. But when, you, but when you go to bed, your subconscious mind does not go to sleep. Your subconscious mind is working all the time. It is not seen. It is hidden. But it's working all the time. So when you are asleep, you are, because your breathing is controlled by it. Everything that makes your body function, your subconscious mind is, is, is responsible for making all those things work. Hello? It's working all the time. Hallelujah. So that is the reason why some people dream. You dream. Why? Because your subconscious mind is still working behind the scenes. So sometimes you wake up and say, ah, today my dream was so active. Yes. Things were happening. Your subconscious mind was still, there's still, still things working. And you were dreaming and all that. And all those dreamings, all those dreams you were having is coming from the things you have stored. You remember the subconscious mind is for storage, Right? It stores all the things you have ever anything you have ever seen. Since the day you were born, everything you have ever seen is in your subconscious mind. It's there. It's there. So how come I can't remember? Oh, all you need is a little stimulus, something to just trigger it. Ah, I remember now. Hello. Things you've forgotten for years. Something happens and you remember, ah, I remember now. Yes, it's, it's always been there. It's a storage place. It's a storage and a retrieval facility. It's there. Subconscious mind. Responsible. So when you sleep, those things you've gone through over the years, over the, t- over the time, they come up. So though, though the subconscious mind is passive, and dormant, it is the dominant feature in our lives. It is a dominant, that is, it is, it is a one that is very effective in the way you behave, in the way you act, in the way you talk. It's your subconscious mind. Unless, so anytime you are faced with this, 
where there's something to decide upon, unless you, dis you deliberately make your conscious mind act or do something, it's your subconscious mind that will tell you what to do. Hello? Unless you, you are active, you, 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 you deliberately make your conscious mind make the choice. And have you ever made a choice? And then you, you go always, ah, no, no, I made this thing, but I didn't, it's not, it, 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 it was not really from my inside. Ever, ever, ever been there? Yes. You acted. It was, it was all here in your conscious mind. You made a decision, then you go, ah, I've made a decision, but... And then later on, you realize that you were right in making the decision. But, but it wasn't from the inside, though. It, it wasn't from me. Why, why do you say it wasn't from your inside? Because it wasn't your subconscious mind that gave. Because your, your subconscious mind will make you say, do, act, and behave in a manner according to your own self-belief. It will not contradict you. It will not make you do anything contrary to what you believe about yourself. If you believe you are dumb, your subconscious mind would always select things that indicate that you are dumb for you to do. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. Believe you are crap. Right? Tell yourself, I'm bad at, at maths. Your subconscious mind will make sure that every time you choose the wrong things to answer a question. So you are your own prophet. You are your own prophet. I'm getting somewhere. I'm talking about renewing of the mind. And we have identified that the mind to renew is your subconscious mind. Now, have you ever, those, who, those of us who drive, have you ever sat in your car? Okay? You're going from your house, maybe for four, four Four miles journey, or maybe 20 miles journey, and you drove with your family, talking to your family people in the car, driving, and then by the time you got to your destination, you realize you've not actually thought about any of the roads, but you've arrived safe, safely. Anyone, anyone here like that? Oh, hello. No, those who drive, ever, ever, ever experienced that? I'm sure you, 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 you will say all the time. Do you always think about, oh, I'm, turning, I'm going to turn right. Next step, I'm going to turn right, left. That's your conscious mind. But you just drive. Who do you think is behind that? It's your subconscious mind. Because you've gone on that road before. It has stored the data. And now it is just giving it back to you. And those of you who, who cook... The meals you cook, do you always, do you always critically measure everything? I've heard some women say, oh, I've done it over and over, so I don't, now, now, now I know. Biggest take. Give me five of that. Give me two of that. And then the same taste. Right? The same taste you had yesterday, the same taste. But meanwhile, they were not really Thinking through exactly what we're doing. Why? Who was controlling that? That's a subconscious mind. Okay. You live in your own house. Going upstairs. 
Have you ever walked in the dark into your room before in your own home? How do you get there? <laughs> ah. You just went there. You went there. You know the, con- you know the tenants. Subconscious mind has taught all that. So when you walk five steps, you turn this. What does it? You turn that. And then you, by the time you realize you're in your room. That's the operation of your subconscious mind. Now, the Bible is saying, renew the mind for transformation. So if a person is an, if a person has got bad behavior, a person who behaves badly, you've got bad behavior, or maybe you are a drug addict, or maybe you've got certain nasty attitudes, certain attitudes which you show all the time. Your subconscious mind understands that you have programmed yourself as a person with a bad attitude, and so he would, it will always give you those responses that confirm that you are a person with a bad attitude. It will always give you that. Why? Because you have stored those things on the inside of you. So anytime you want to act, it will bring those things out. And then you act like that. And the Bible says, renew your mind for transformation. God is saying, yes, I've made you a, a I made you a brand new man. You are born again. You are standing right in my presence. But now, you need to live out what I've made you. But to live out, you need to be transformed. By renewing, your, your mind must be renewed so that you can experience what I have done, already done in you. I've already done the work. It's not for you to now walk in it. But it's only possible if you will renew your mind. Because until your mind is renewed, you will behave exactly the same way. Hello. Praise the Lord. So, your behavior or your beliefs, your beliefs are not coming from anywhere. They are coming from your own, from what you have stored on the inside of you. It's like when you are being tempted. Hello. Bible says that when you are being tempted, James says, <laughs> God don't tempt you. Satan don't tempt you. You are the cause of temptation. James says, you are drawn out of your own lust. What does James mean by that? What James is saying is, you are the cause of your own troubles. Okay. Okay, let me put it this way. Has any of you been ever be tempted in Chinese? Your temptation came through a Chinese lang- language. Anyone here? I deliberately chose Chinese language because no, n- n- none of you speak Chi- Chinese. So, how come, how come you don't get temptations in Chinese? Because you don't know Chinese. So if Chinese, if you get temptation in Chinese to do something, you wouldn't even understand it and, you, and it, will, it will not even work. Because there is no Chinese in your subconscious. It's only things you stored on the inside of you that come back to tempt you. Oh goodness me. I almost, I, I, I have said it all now. I have said it all now. 
Your temptation is your own creation. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me. Goodness me. When you say you are tempted, it's your own. The things you stored on the inside of you is the reason for the temptations you are experiencing. You are watching things that are not nice, that are filthy, that are wrong. And you are telling me you are getting temptations on these things. It's because they are stored inside of you. That's why it's coming back into your conscious mind. It's the things you fed yourself. So God is saying, if you want to live a transformed life, renew your mind. Renew your mind. If you want to be transformed, renew your mind. Renew the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is a pack. Hallelujah. It's a pack. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a storehouse. Come with me to Proverbs chapter 20, please. Sorry, Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20 to 23. I will take it. But I will zero into the, on, on, the, on the verse 23. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine heart unto my sessions. Verse 21, please. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Let, let's go on. For they are life unto them that find them and help to all their flesh. Praise God. Now verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Now may I suggest to you, may I suggest to you what you have called many times or what the Bible calls heart in scripture is your subconscious mind. Anytime you read out of your heart come this, out of your heart come this. Christ said, hey, out of your heart comes adultery, fornication and, and all. Christ is saying, it is there. You put it there. You've listened to news about fornication, about adultery, about whatever, about wrong lifestyle. You've listened to them and watched them on TV. You've stored them in your heart. Call your subconscious. You've stored them there and they come back to you as temptations. So if you now want to change your lifestyle, want to transform your life, so you no longer behave in those ways, then change what you stored. Renew. That means approve. Renew means reconstruct. Dig them out and put something new in there. Reform your hard drive. Reprogram your hard drive. So that Anything that comes from there now will serve you right. It will benefit you. Or else, if you leave your hard drive the way it is, your subconscious, your heart, leave it the way it is, then you would always respond. You will try and try. <laughs> How many of us have been frustrated when you've prayed to God about this? God, help me. God, help me. I won't do this thing again. I won't do it again. And then just be, before you realize, you've done it again. And then you go, oh, is that God, I don't think I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. You are. You are. You are still a Christian. You just need to renew the subconscious. 
reformat the subconscious, reprogram the subconscious. The old things that are there, take them out and put new stuff in there so that it will give you oh, and you change your self concept about yourself, change your belief about yourself by changing the things that are inside there. And another scripture, Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 20, please. Sorry, 20, 23. Proverbs 23. Let's read the verse 6 and the verse 8. To verse 8, please. Proverbs 23, 6 to verse 8. Let's read it quickly. Hallelujah. I will quickly. Eat thou not the bread. Now watch this. Hello? Look at this text very, very carefully. I'll put it in English after I read it in King James. Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty meats. Okay. Don't. No, no, stay there, please. Don't eat the bread of someone who is wicked. And don't even desire their, you know, sumptuous meals. Verse 7. <laughs> this is it. This is it. For as he thinketh, in his heart. As he thinketh in his subconscious mind. So is he. Want to know who you are? What do you put on your subconscious? So you can change. Because... Christ has already made us born again. We are in the kingdom of God. We have the power of God. The grace of God. We have everything of God. All we need to do now is to renew the stuff in the heart called the subconscious mind. He says, as, a man, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he, that evil man. He, he tells you, eat and drink, said he to thee. But his heart is not with thee. Verse 8. The muscle which you have eaten shall thou vomit up and lose your sweet words. He tells you, oh, oh, eat more. Oh, oh, eat more. Oh, oh, eat more. Oh, oh, eat more. He's encouraging you to eat more. But all along, he's planning your downfall. So he says, watch out. An evil man, as he thinks, although his, his hands... Has got nice things offering you, but his heart is not with you. And he's not what you are seeing in his, in his hands. He is what he is in his subconscious mind. What we call the heart. So let's watch out. So he says that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It is whatever you have stored on the inside of you. With your subconscious mind has now known that this is you. Hallelujah. It will always give you. But there's good news. Yeah? This is good news. It's, it's not bad news. It is good news. Which means that we can now, if we can change the stuff in the subconscious mind, we've got a brand new vessel walking on the surface of the earth fulfilling the purposes of God that means you can change 
That means anyone can change. That means change is possible. That means there's no one beyond change. Anyone can be transformed. That means what God instructs us to do to be transformed is possible. The solution is changing the stuff we've put in the subconscious or put in the heart or put on the hard drive. How do we change it? First of all, you change it by changing the information you've put on there. Let me ask you a question. You remember something somebody did some years ago. It was bad. You remember it. And the moment you remember it, pain comes into your heart. And when the pain comes, you begin to now think about ways to do that person back. Isn't it? Why? Because that thing is there. As long as it is still there, it will cause a trouble. But God is saying, renew, reconstruct everything. That means you need to now put new information. Maybe something about forgiveness. It's happened. It is there. You now want to put information about forgiveness into your subconscious. And this information, putting it there once is not going to help. Hello? Anyone who does marketing or who has ever done marketing understands this. The media has used this principle over and over and over and over. But only few people have, have understood the principle behind it. The media shows you something in a flash on the TV. A second, it's gone. Another time, you're, you're listening to the news and it comes again. And then it comes again about seven times. And what happened? Your mind now gets accustomed to that thing. You sometimes even now begin to look out for it. And then you begin to go into it and look at it. What's, what's, what is happening? They are forming something in your subconscious mind. And by the time you realize if it was a song, you begin to sing it. There was an ad when I was a little boy. It used to show on our TV. It's called the ABC ad. I, I remember it today. ABC. La 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 la. ABC. And they would come laughing. I still remember the scene so well. And it was about encouraging you to drink more beer see so it's so it, it was so captivating it would draw you so what am i saying what i'm saying is this that we need to put on to change the environment of our hearts hallelujah let's change the environment of our hearts by what by changing the things that we cause to go into our subconscious mind. The things you cause your eyes to see. The things you make your ears hear. Philippians 4 verse 8 please. Philippians 4 verse 8. Philippians 4 verse 8 says. Now. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things. Are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, 
If there be any praise, think on these things. Indicating that we need to change, hallelujah, change the things that we are thinking about or allowing our eyes to see. Change them. You want to become a change boy. You want to become a change girl. You want to become a change man. A change woman. Change the things your eyes are seeing. For something better. You are forever watching these soaps about broken hearts. No wonder you are always dreaming about somebody breaking your heart. It's there in your soul. You are storing them in your subconscious. So they will come back to you at, at night. You are watching programs on being buried alive in a box. No wonder you are having fears of being buried in a box. Stop watching it. And start watching something good. You realize that you are full of violence. Stop watching those violent movies. It's simple. Stop watching them. And replace them with good movies. Something that speaks God's truth to your heart. You are watching certain movies and you are forever getting angry. Stop it. And begin to watch movies that makes you excited and happy and vivacious. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's about changing your environment. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is, is this. To renew your mind. To renew the subconscious mind. So number one, change the environment. Start putting in the right things. Hallelujah. Start the wrong ones. The next one, develop images. Develop what? Good images. The subconscious mind works well with images. Joshua 6 verse 2. In Joshua 6 verse 2, God tells Joshua, He says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See! Everybody say see. 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 I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, or mighty men of valor. Joshua is standing behind Jericho. Jericho has a big wall. Can't go in. It's all walled up. No way in. But God tells Joshua, Joshua, see. In your mind's eye, your mind, your mind, your mind. Oh, I can't even finish this thing about the mind. I can't finish it. I wish I could, but I can't finish it. I'll just do this and then I'll just stop. Just talking about Joshua just brings. Just see, see. With your mind, see. In your mind's eye, see it. 
see in your mind's eye that the king is in your hand. The mighty man are in your hand. See them all slain before you. See it. That means have a mental image or visualize it. Have a picture of it. So don't just put in information. Begin to now form images of the information you are putting in. And let form images. Hallelujah. You are a very horrible person. Begin to now read about nice things, nice people, and begin to form images about yourself being that nice. You are nasty, you are rude. Begin to have information about polite people and begin to form images of polite of, of you being polite. Oh, please, sir, can I have this? Instead of give me that. Have a picture of you saying, Can I please? Hallelujah. You like playing in church. See yourself being attentive and not playing in church. Service is going on and you're playing with a ball in your, in your hands. Stop seeing that image of yourself because your subconscious mind will only give you what you have programmed it to believe about yourself. Hello? So what what is your image about yourself? If it's not a good one, it's about time you begin to put in stuff to change it. You are a new creation and that's all you want to know. You are a new creation. Brand new man. Born again. More than a conqueror. Not a failure. As for me, anytime I go for interviews, I fail. See yourself going for interview and winning them. And then my, and then my last one. My last one is Joshua 1.8. Repetition. Repetition. Repete. Repete. Joshua 1.8. God says, Now Joshua, this book on the law shall not depart out of where? Your mouth. Your mouth. Repeat. The things you think about and visualize, repeat them. Repeat them. That is what the media uses. They repeat ad on the TV until it gets your point. You begin to now sing it or say it or join them. They call it the power of, adverti- of, of advertisements. They put a poster there over and over and over. You don't like it initially. But then with time, you become desensitized and accepted. And say, okay, all right, okay, it's fine. Let's just t- t- take it. Why? You become desensitized with time. So in, in the same way, use your God-given ability to repeat what God has told you. Maybe God has given you a word, but you put it somewhere in a book. Go back to that book, open it, and begin to read it regularly. Feed your subconscious mind. Or the Bible, open it, read it. It's got good stuff in there. 
Keep that thing to your heart. Repeat it over and over and over and over. It's called, in the, in the Christian world, we call it meditation. Meditate. Me- meditation reforms your subconscious mind. That's the good news about meditation. It reforms your subconscious mind. You take a, a passage, a passage of, of scripture and begin to think through it, think about it, and then see yourself in the motion of the Bible. See yourself. Let holy emotions. You are before God in prayer. See God's integrity. See God's faithfulness. See God's patience. See yourself becoming long-suffering. I mean, see yourself su- suffering long. See yourself being more gentle, being more patient. See all these things happen inside of you and you will be changing your subconscious mind. It won't be long. It won't be long you realize your taste has changed. It won't be long you realize your taste has changed completely. You are sharp. You are a brand new man. It won't be long you realize that now what God says about you, you are now able to actually live it and walk in it and experience it. I'm born again, more than a conqueror, that's who I am. I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. I'm a new creation, I'm a brand new man. physical things your mind is instrumental in your life here on earth and as a Christian the mind is the mind is, is instrumental your mind so what is stored in the subconscious is critical the devil wants it he wants to store wrong things there give you wrong pictures so that you can behave in a, in a certain way God also looks at the same place. Today I want to ask you, thank God for tuning in, but you're not born again. You don't know Jesus. Your heart or your subconscious mind is filled with evil stuff. 
All you think about and dream about is just purely evil each day, day in, day out. But you see, there's the, God can give you the power today to be able to take control of what's happening in your subconscious mind. If only you would surrender the controlling influence over your life to him right now. Ask him to say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please, today save me. Help me. Save me. Forgive my sins. I want to be born again. Change me. Go ahead and tell him. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a, a child of God. I want to be born again. I want to be a transformed person. Help me. That's your starting point. To accept him as your Lord and Savior. Talk to him right now. Talk to him. He will save you. Now maybe you are hearing me. You are a Christian already. But all along you've been struggling to, you know, live that life. That, that li you are struggling to be that living sacrifice. Live that holy life. Live that life that is acceptable to God. You are struggling to do that. Why? All because you've been filling your subconscious mind with stuff that are wrong or, or things have happened to you in the past that have always been a constant pain. It's already, it, 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 it has made it very difficult for you to, to really do anything meaningful or do, do anything wonderful. But today you have known that you, 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 you can change by, by reforming, by reprogramming, reprogramming your subconscious mind with, with the truth of God, the truth that comes from God's word. Philippians 4 verse 8. You can change it with the good stuff. Form mental images and repeat them. Within one day, repeat the good things that God tells you. Repeat them over your, in, your, in your mind. Repeat them. The things you see, repeat those good images. Re repeat them over and over and over and over and over. As long as you remember, repeat them over and over. So that they'll, they'll begin to reform they will begin to dominate your heart, your subconscious mind or your heart. And you will now begin to change the image you've created in your subconscious mind and begin to now respond positively to God Almighty. Talk to God and say, Lord, help me. Today I want you. I want to do that. Say, Father, I thank you for making me understand your truth. And tell God something. Just speak, speak to God. He says, do it. So just tell him, Father, I, I thank you for the truth. And I'm going to do it from, from now on. I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it. Talk to God about it.
The word of God, I must say to you, is quick and active. The word of God is living. The word of God is not just a mere written text. The word of God is living. It's a living thing. When the word of God proceeds, when it comes out from the mouth of God, as Matthew puts it, when it comes out from the mouth of God, it is a living and active word, powerful, able to effect change and change things. It is not a dead letter. God's word is living. I am talking about the word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. It is active, it is powerful, 